Sometimes you hear a story and you think, man, they need to make a movie out of that. Well, today's story, they did make a movie. It's a Disney Plus movie called Safety. And it's a story of Ray Ray McElrathby, who uh, took his younger brother, who was being put into the social system, and actually took him to college with him, even though his little brother was 11 years old. And uh, at Clemson, everybody sort of gathered around and got with uh, Famar, his little brother. And, and then after that, it, it uh, became a bigger story as he continued to take care of his little brother because his mother was dysfunctional, father was out of the picture. This is the most remarkable story with me today, again, is Chris Shields, our producer. And Chris, brave men, when you think about brave men, you don't, you think about guys climbing mountains, you think about uh, men doing courageous things, but I don't know that I've met a more courageous man than Ray Ray, who yeah. took his little brother to college with him, man. Yeah. And it's crazy. When I think of this story, after watching the movie, hearing mm -hmm. the story, um, I can't think of anything else but am I my brother's keeper? Am I my brother's keeper? Yeah, totally. You know, and you see a distinction. And I think that this is something that we can really learn in this podcast, but even in this story and in this movie, this, uh, the safety movie um, on Disney+. Plus. Uh, what brother are we? Are we able or are we Cain? You know, because mm -hmm. there's a big difference between being Abel and Cain. Abel means to be a life-giving spirit. Hmm. Cain means to be a possessor. And these are guys in the Old Testament. Yes. Cain and Abel. So it's like... Which one killed the other one? Cain killed Abel. Cain killed Abel. So the possessor killed the spirit. Yeah. Amazing. And it's like, what brother are we going to be? Are we going to be a man, a brother that right. is giving life yeah. to our brothers? Or are we going to just take from our brothers? Yeah. And this is a great example that Ray Ray puts out in front of us. He gave everything to his brother and to his team. Yeah, it's an amazing story. Clemson University, uh, they really did a good job helping him. The, the guy shows up. Well, we, we got the whole story here. Uh, it's amazing time. And then it becomes a movie. Yeah. And now he's a motivational speaker doing all sorts of things, helping people. He ended up at a different college. Yes. For a while. Uh, he was a safety. That's why the movie's called Safety. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Which is American football. Yep. Gridiron, as they call it in other parts of the world. So, uh, and that's a guy in the backfield. Yeah. Fast guy. Has to be fast, hit hard, that kind of thing. Yeah, but he actually ended up getting injured and moved right. to running back. Okay. And, you know, he played behind C.J. Spiller. Okay. Went in, well, there you go. Yeah, he ended up going to the NFL. So it was a well. When he got to Clemson, he had two men ahead of him that were um, that ended up pro. Yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> yeah, it got tough. Know, yeah, it got tough. <laughs> but you know what? This guy's an amazing story, and I'm thrilled to have uh, Ray Ray McElrath be here today with us on Brave Men. This is the kind of thing, you know, when we talk about brave men in the Christian Men's Network and our teaching and what we do with uh, helping disciple men, it's not about uh, just listening to the stories of brave men, but letting these things stretch us. Yeah. It's that question you just asked, am I my brother's keeper? Yes. Look around. Who is it that I need to do something for? And that's what we teach. It's accepting personal responsibility. Yes. It's saying, you know, I, you know this guy needs help. And too often, man, we, we, we ten, have a tendency to just act busy or get busy or think we're way busy. Yeah. 
if people really look at their schedules, they're not as busy as they think they are. No. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, man, I'm just, I'm just, man, I got, man, I'm just wiped out. I got so much stuff going on. What did you do last night? Man, we binge watched this series. On <laughs> yeah, it's like you had plenty of time, bro. Dude, are you kidding me? <laughs> you couldn't take it. It's like my son, uh, Brandon, uh, Pastor Brandon, who uh, Pastor C3 Fort Worth, he took his sons and they went down and they filled up the pantry at uh, one of the things down in South Fort Worth. Yeah. And it filled it up with food. Well, you know, that marked his son. Yes. And it took them a couple of hours total. And some funding, you know, had yeah. to buy a bunch of stuff and put it in there in the pantry. And, but you know what? That that uh, marked his son's life. Exactly. Helps uh, about 12 different families with their food. Yep. And then and it took two hours of his time. And then after that, he goes and, you know, takes his kid and they go roller, you know, rollerblading or something. Not rollerblading. What is it? Uh, skateboards. Uh, he's yeah. got that little razor thing. What is it? Uh, scooter. Scooter. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Fun. And crazy so they go, they go do that stuff. <laughs> but, you know, so in other words, we do have the time to do this. Yeah. And Ray Ray is that kind of story. Yeah, and, you know, I love what you're touching on because we always have time for what we love. Yeah, too. And it reminds me of an acronym. You knew I had to throw an acronym mm -hmm. in there. Love, leaving outstanding vision eternally. When you know that you're in love... You're leaving outstanding vision eternally. You're you're putting something into motion, like you always yeah. say. A legacy is always yeah. is what you leave behind, you know. And that's what Ray Ray did. That's what we as men, part of the Christian Men's Network, as brotherhood, mm -hmm. that's what we have yeah. to do. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, hey, uh, now Ray Ray's coming in. This is going to be fantastic. Thank you for being with us today on Brave Men, a ministry of the Christian Men's Network and the Global Fatherhood Initiative, uh, Ray Ray McElrathby from the movie Safety, a most remarkable story today on Brave Men. It's Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Wisdom and courage for the journey. I'm talking with uh, Ray Ray McElrathby. Uh, who was uh, safety on the Clemson Tigers football team, and you hid your little brother in your dorm room. But there's a story behind that, right? Yes, there's a story behind it all. Story behind that, you hid him there because he had no place to go. Tell me about that. those moments. Your mom at the time was, was uh, in, uh, she had a substance abuse issue. Yes, crack cocaine. Your dad, your dad was Finish. out of the picture. At that, this is 2006, and uh, and here you are, actually playing football at Clemson, big big time deal, and your little brother's got nowhere to go. Tell me about those those moments, Ray. Um. Well, those were some um, strenuous moments. Not much is for myself because I was at Clemson University uh, on the full scholarship playing football. So a lot of my basic needs were handled. Whereas with my brother, um, my mother with her addiction, and it caused this issues with my parents and their relationship. Uh, there was just a, a circle of dysfunction that Faymore no longer wanted to participate in. Mm. Uh, Faymore is my younger brother. Right. And um, he came to Clemson for a visit and decided that he didn't want to go back. Wow. And I gave him the ultimatum as I saw it, 
whereas you either go back or you go to foster care. And he was like, I'd rather go to foster care. Wow. Which um, which threw me off uh, a lot because much as I went through with my family, I never wanted to go to foster care. Yeah, um, but you knew it was serious. I mean, he's 11 years old. Well, at the time he was nine. He's nine at this point, and he's deciding he'd rather go to foster care. Then you knew it was serious. Yes, that's when I, I took it a little bit more serious, and, and I started to weigh the options of him possibly staying there because he asked me, could he stay there? Because, you know, he was he felt like what we've been doing up until that point was good for him, and he liked the whole atmosphere, and I understand that. It's quite different. Uh, no, no chaos, really, at all. And so he... He asked me, could he stay? And uh, first I was like, no, that don't make sense. Here I am, an 18-year-old student athlete at the time. Right. Um, this is the summer of my freshman year. And I, I couldn't imagine him uh, going to foster care. So I spoke with two of my mentors at the time. One of my mentors totally cussed me out. Um, because he had understood the the gravity of the situation. He was a college athlete himself when he was in school, yeah. and he knew the the the, the schedule. Yeah, the schedule and the and the stress. I mean, you got to you're there. You're on scholarship. But you you still got to make it. You still got to. Well, it's basically a nine to five if you're on scholarship yeah. because yeah. they're paying you for your work, um, essentially. So. Being that that was the case, it wasn't ideal for me to bring on the whole responsibility of a take care of a young man that's, you know, not even my child and bringing him on campus and, you know, trying to take care of him. And so my one of my mentors knew I wasn't in no position to do it because he was even paying my cell phone bill at the time. Wow. So it wasn't it wasn't like I had a bunch of money. The most that I do, I live off my Pell Grant and keep it pushing. But. I spoke with another one of my mentors and he was a little bit more um, optimistic about it, let's say. And he was like, well, Ray, you know, um, I believe in you and, you know, you can do it. If if you think you can, I mean, you can't do any worse than your parents. Wow. And I went back to school. Fabemar was already there. So I was like, I'm going to just keep him here. And I told my coaches that eventually he'll be going back home. Everybody expected him to return back once the summer was over, but he never did. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was kind of the beginning of the end. Now, what did now what did you do right at that point? Because I mean, the, the story that came out, and this is uh, has become a huge movie that came out called Safety, which is based on the position you were actually recruited for uh, there at Clemson. Uh, what, but, and so there's this great story after, but at that moment, bro, I mean, you must be going like, what do I do now in, in school and all kinds of well, stuff? Well, um, and this is why I tell people a lot of times that I thank my parents for the things that I went through as a young man, because it prepared me for the world wow. that I lived in afterwards. Wow. Um, so I've been through tough times. So me taking care of my brother, I didn't look at it as a tough time because all my basic needs were already met. I was on scholarship, so I had housing. I was on the meal plan, so I had food. And so everything after that was, you know, icing on the cake for me based on yeah. this is how I came up. Because you didn't come up knowing that you were going to have the same kind of good food every day. Right. <laughs> right? I mean... Yes, and 
it's like a lot of kids today. They don't, they don't from Friday afternoon till Monday morning, they don't have anything good to eat. Right. Till they get back to school. I think you and I would agree that that needs to change. There shouldn't be a a child in America going hungry, man. No, um, they say that we throw away, what is it, 24,000 2,400 tons of food. Goodness. Every every 10 seconds. But then somebody dies of starvation. Three people die of starvation every 10 seconds. During that time. Yes. it's and basically part of what you're doing now, and, and we're moving past it. You've got a foundation, yes, young people, and uh, so I want to get into that because that's what I want to provoke anybody listening, watching right now with you and me. And I'm on with uh, Ray, uh, with Ray. I mean, we know you as Ray Ray, that's how that's must, cool. <laughs> yeah, your nickname growing up, or what? Where'd that come from? Yes, it was uh, my father's name was Raheem. So mm-hmm. early on, my dad's side of the family called me Ra, the shortening of his name. So it was Ra Ra. And then my auntie in Atlanta um, called me Ray Ray because she didn't like calling me Ra. <laughs> and Ray Ray stuck because I spent uh, a great bit of time in Atlanta afterwards. Um, so my dad's family calling me Ra didn't necessarily stick because they weren't around to call me that in front of my childhood friends. And right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it became Ray Ray, uh, Raymond, uh, McElrath Bay. And, uh, so, uh, now going back, you're in Clemson, you're a scholarship athlete, your little brother is nine years old. He's not famous. He's not going to go back to, you know, cause if he goes back home, he's, he's going into CPS or something. Well, no, he 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 never wanted to go back home. So it was either right. CPS or, you know. Yeah, so he stayed. And then what was that first few weeks like? My understanding is you, you kind of had him hiding in the room, sort of. Yes, yes. The first few weeks uh, were kind of difficult in the sense, not so much, but it was whereas – Okay, you don't you can't be seen as much as you were seen before because you're supposed to be gone. Um, <laughs> so no, you can't be around, you can't hang out. Um, but the th- good thing was the people in the cafeteria um, saw him in the summer, so they wasn't necessarily surprised when they saw him in the fall. But my coaches and everybody else weren't sure what was going on, and it wasn't until a gentleman named Larry Williams wrote a story that end up making the front page of the local paper wow. than everybody knew. And so it was like one of those situations where, Oh, like <laughs> <laughs> he wrote a really heartwarming story, but he also outed you. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. But he was, he was one of the people that was paying attention a lot because he had seen my brother around and he had seen him again. And then he realized we were <laughs> We were in school at this time, and so he still he saw him again. It was like, okay, who's this kid? Yeah. And and uh, it was, it's one of my other teammates told him like, hey, because a lot of my a lot of the freshman guys knew about it because we hung out with each other. So um, they my roommate knew like knew knew, but yeah. a lot of the other freshmen were were also apprised of the situation. So it was like they told the told Larry about. Well, he stays with Ray Ray, like really stay with him. 
And so it went from there because he was like, he came to me. He was like, I'm not trying to get you in any trouble or anything, right. you know, but I would love to, you know, get the backstory about what you got going on. Yeah. So then the backstory was you were taking care of your little brother. And uh, now you come from a larger family. You've got other siblings. Yes, I have seven siblings. And you ended up at one point in your life actually being a guardian to your little sister also. Yes, yes. And uh, but man, this is but this is a little different. You're 18, trying to make a football team, trying to get playing time. And uh, you get your nine year old brother there. This guy writes a story. But then the next thing that happened, I think, is the the crux of the of the movie. And we're talking about the movie called Safety just came out on Disney Plus and it's fantastic. And um of course, you know, they, they, they made it a Disney movie. So it does have, you know, bad guys and good guys and all that kind of thing. But man, I mean, yes. the people at Clemson, rather than chase Famar off your little nine-year-old brother, they embraced him and they, they made some things possible for you. Yes. Yes. Uh, at first, uh, everything was a little rocky because I was a student athlete. And yeah. being that being I'm a student athlete, I can't, I couldn't receive anything because of my likeness. Oh, anything. that's right. The NCAA and all those rules. Yes. So the yeah. NCAA came in relatively quickly and suspended me. Wow. Um, because I, suppose, I violated um, one of the rules, which was receiving an extra benefit because I received things because of who I was. But it wasn't because of who I was as an athlete. It was who I was as a person and right. the things that I was doing with my brother. But because people dropped them off and picked them up and took them to school, that was an extra benefit because it wasn't something that was offered to all the students. So but, anything but, that I take it. Well, let me get back, back to that is that people actually begin to rally around you, uh, Ray Ray, and they begin to take your little brother to school, begin to pick him up begin to help in different ways, trying to do it right. But, you know, uh, at that point in time, that little sliver of time does all against the rules. Yeah. Yes. So yes, how, how did you solve that? I mean, you didn't get kicked out, obviously. How did that get? Oh, uh, well, I, I got suspended. And this is the part yeah. that, that the movie uh, covers where I have to go to a hearing with the NCAA in order to get yeah. my eligibility back. All right, but those guys came around to their credit, right? Yes, 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 yes. NCAA. So now you're taking care of your little brother. Uh, they move you from safety to running back. When did that happen? Uh, that happened uh, my sophomore year, going to my sophomore year. Going to sophomore year. So you were redshirted as a freshman? Yes. Okay. Redshirted as a safety, and then they brought you back in as a running back. You know who I just talked to? The other day you had the same thing is uh, Darrell Young. He works up in the NFL office and uh, Darrell was, uh, when he came to the Redskins a number of years ago, he came as a linebacker and he got cut. So Shanahan was, a, uh, Mike Shanahan was the coach. He brings him back in and basically says, if you'll be a, a running back, then you'll get PT. You'll get playing time. Hmm. And, uh, that changed everything for him. And so they moved you from safety to running back. And then you end up with a couple guys who went to the NFL playing ahead of you. Yes. 
right. Thunder and Lightning, Thunder and Lightning, James Davis and C.J. Spiller. <laughs> but I but I also tear my ACL that year too. That's right. Yeah, and but you were on some great. You were on some good teams, man. Tell me about your coaches. What was it like in the locker room? I mean, obviously they understand what's going on. They're still trying to push you towards performance, though, right? Yes, yes. How that? And, um, to, to 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 be honest, I don't think they understood what I had going going on, uh, just because of the complexities of the situation. It yeah. was a lot, a lot of moving parts. And yeah. but they, to to their credit, they were trying to. Everybody was trying to figure it out as we went. Um, so it was all a learning process for everybody involved. Wow. Now, and then you ended up uh, getting a degree at um, uh, the next. What was the next school you were at? No, I got I graduated from Clemson in three years. You did a three year degree from Clemson. Was that is that communications? Uh, I was a I was a double major, but since I was graduating early, I ended up being uh, just taking the sociology as a major and communications as a minor. So as a minor, sociology. So I got my bachelor bachelor's in three years. Yes. Okay. Wait, wait a second, man. You did you did a four year degree in three years? Yes, yes, I got my bachelor's in three. As a as a as a dorm dad. <laughs> well, um, I have Dude. always kind of been serious about school, and so, man, I, most most of my friends were able to get their four year degree done in about six. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a I've got a relative now that uh, her parents call her a professional student. Hey, I understand that. I, I've been there before. But you nailed it, man. Now, now let me ask you, what was going on? Uh, your father, who has now since passed away, uh, a couple Ooh. years ago. So, yeah, was, uh, you know, I don't care. You know, my dad's been gone eighteen years. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. His dad been gone seven years. I said, "You still think about it, don't you?" <laughs> seven years ago, yeah, sure yeah, yeah. It, it sticks with you because um, yeah. essentially, it's the it's the future version of you no longer here. So it, it makes you question your own mortality. Wow. And, um, what did your, what did your dad, I mean, obviously you, when you say you, you thank your parents for the hard knocks, uh, they, they went through some rough times, you know, both economically, sociologically. Um, and then, and then they, they had, uh, issues that forced them apart. They got divorced. Um, your mother, Tanya, had a substance abuse issue, but that began to change, right? Yes. Yes. Um, but I mean, depending on when you're talking about, yeah, because but... uh, it's, it's been a roller coaster as far as my mom and the substance abuse is concerned. And then um, with my dad, I resented him early on. Mm. Um, I've cried, I've cried about this a lot in, uh, in the past, but I resented him early on because I didn't understand. I yeah. wasn't smart enough to take into account his perspective um, because he stayed with my mom for, for a couple of decades through crack cocaine. Yeah. Now it's and to love someone that much to, to deal with the things that he dealt with. Cause I would tell, and, and I'm not to try to cast any aspersions on my mom, but there'll be nights and days where, you know, things will be perfectly fine and then there'll be a trigger and then everything will change overnight. Yeah. And so where we would have all our basic needs met, we got enough food, all our clothes are taken care of and things are fine. And then one night 
it's a fire sale and we wake up, everything's gone. No more TVs, no more VCRs, all the food sold out the refrigerator. And so my dad would go to work at night and come home in the morning to nothing. Oh my God. And, and so he did that for years. Wow. Off, off and on. And, you know, just trying, and it's not like he was rich. He was already living, you know, not yeah. just a paycheck, paycheck to paycheck, but, you know, one check or that type of swing could make it so that you go from, you know, middle class to poor. And in my mind, and it wasn't yeah. necessarily middle class, but it was, you know, we can have food today and then tomorrow we have nothing. Yeah. So one, one paycheck from being bankrupt. You know, well, man, that speaks highly of your dad. What did you learn then? Uh, you know, so, but you didn't know this because you're just a kid. Right. And then I blamed him for leaving. I was pissed. Yeah. yeah. I all his him. I was, yes. Yes. Because mom didn't do nothing. She, it wasn't, I didn't take account or anything she did because a lot of times we crucify fathers. Because, mm. you know, you typically only get one chance to mess up as a dad. Mm. And, but mom can, you know, tear up the world because she'll still be mom. But dad, mm. typically, you're on a short leash because it's, it's not a lot of times that because the things that you do as a father, you typically, no one gives you credit for in re reality because they tell you that's what you're supposed to do. Supposed to do um, but that's not the same case with mothers. Mothers get congratulated for what they're supposed to do. That's why Mother's Day is, is makes five times as much money as Father's Day. Um, nobody goes out their way to be like, even, even a lot of times when fathers are not with mothers, they'll still tell that child that, Hey, here's something to get your mama something for mother's day. Yeah, it's true. That's typically not the case for me. Mama's typically not telling you, oh, here, go get your dad something for father's dad day. Father's day card. Hey, so what did you learn then? You're taking care of Famar in the dorm and, and people are helping. Now you have two children yourself now you have perspective on your dad what did you learn in that year or so of taking care of your your little brothers he grew up um i learned how to put the kid first and hmm. but also i learned how to be a better adult how to wow. be a better man wow. and that that being said because i had to be more accountable for the things that i did knowing that not my decisions no longer just affect me and that's never been the case i've always been involved in teams and other groups that my actions reflect on them but not so much in this situation and so um with famar and just going through the things that the the, the day to day allows me to be a better dad to my son mm. it allows me to you know, because I've been through it before. Just that yeah. experience, just just le the learning experience itself has taught me how to be a better parent. And that's why I always tell Faymar about the significance of our relationship. Like, you're more than just a brother to me. You were my practice dummy. And if you, if you, if you realize how much athletics have been a part of my life, you know, we always go to practice for a reason. Like, yeah. you know, you, you, you know, to, to get to even close to perfection, you have to practice. It's and I want to be a, I want to be a better parent. And so the fact that you gave me years of practice, wow. and then now that you're older, you can also give me feedback on the things that you felt I could have been a little bit better with. Cause he's done that at this point in my life where he was like, Hey, Ray, you, you probably were a little bit more authoritarian than you needed to be. Cause it, and then, but see me, I, I take that account to when I'm speaking with my son. Yeah. Um, 
because I was verbally abused, not knowing what verbal abuse was. Wow. And my my parents not understanding what it was, and like most parents, not understanding what it was, because unless you studied it, it's not something that you can, you know, pick up on. Because you gotta be careful what you say to your children. Mm. Because their their life is based on your expectations for the most part. Because you're their God on earth until they find their own, you know, savior. Yeah. So as far as they know, you're the person. Like they look up to you as your word is is you know supreme. So if you say certain things, they take it as the gospel. Yeah, you are their source of truth. Yes. Yeah. And um just kind of like going through the years and learning that and you know being able to delve into those things well before I had my own kid um makes it so that I'm a better parent now and a better man in general. Hey, this is Chris. I want to take a moment right in the middle of this great conversation to let you know that the Brave Men podcast is a production of the Christian Men's Network Worldwide and the Global Fatherhood Initiative. Christian Men's Network has helped pastors and leaders disciple men for over 40 years. You can find all the resources for mentoring and fatherhood at cmn.men. That's the Christian Men's Network at cmn.men. And CMN has created a 12-part training course on how to create a successful ministry to men for pastors and leaders. Check it out. Majoringinmen.com, which is the solution to men's discipleship. Because of the generous sponsorship of the Christian Men's Network partners, what would normally cost $100 is now free. That's the majoringinmen.com. It will help us continue to reach the lives of many men around the world if you would like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to this podcast and share it. That's the Christian Men's Network and Paul Lewis Cole. Now let's get back to this powerful interview between Paul and Ray Ray. This amazing story, I, I, I want to make sure everybody gets it. It's on Disney Plus, so it's downloadable. I'm sure there's by the time somebody's listening to this, there's other ways to get it, but that's, that's how to get it. The movie's called safety and it will be inspirational to, it is just something to show to groups of people sit down with some guys, sit down with your kids, uh, watch this. Cause it not only is going to be inspirational, but it's going to, it's going to stir your heart up towards good works. How did you resolve the wound of your heart with your father? Uh, I didn't resolve it. <laughs> Uh, it's an open wound. Mm. I, I, I bandage it, you know, weekly. Um, and by bandage it, I have my emotional breakdowns and, and where which I cry. And then just, you know, the opportunity that I have with the movie coming out, I, I have a chance to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times when I bring up my father, I typically just like when I bring up my parents, I always want to say thank you. Yeah. Because I don't want I don't want any any anyone to get the idea that I'm not, you know, totally committed to those individuals and that that I love those people, and um, but right, throughout dad, my life, yeah, God kept showing up, man. Yes, and he kept showing up, and then it, there wasn't but one other woman that I met, and you know, it was after him and my mom had did their split. And but that's one other woman in decades, given my mom's situation, her in and out of rehab and 
the struggles that come along with being an addict and you know it's a disease so it's almost like yeah. you can't even blame her in a sense it's just like it's just things that they go through and i think a lot of people don't take into account the things that their parents possibly have went through because mm -hmm. i was doing um in my own little study in my own self-help um a scores which is adverse childhood experiences um and it basically scores your trauma level yeah based on the number of traumas you went through as a child and it almost directly correlates with health outcomes so your score and so if your score is one to ten if you over three everything that you can possibly any i guess drastic terrible health outcome triples so cancer heart disease wow. um you're less likely you're, you're more likely to, to uh to engage in risky behavior yeah because you you live on the edge you have um various different shortcomings that you might want to check out because it going through that type of trauma during your development stage uh, hinders your development. See, that's why for us, uh, Ray Ray at Christian Men's Network, our whole goal is to disciple men to be good dads. Uh, we believe that, that um, strong men, and we're talking about faith and internal character, Strong men make strong families. Strong families make strong churches. And we believe that the strong church is the hope of the world, that when people find faith, they find their center. And uh, so to raise up dads who know how to hug their kids and then know how to ask them, you know, and say to them, uh, one of the things we've been talking about recently is say to them, well, tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it's just, it's, hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. Okay, cool. You know, that's kind of what we do as men, but a dad needs to say, no, tell me more. Yes. Um, I remember doing an interview back when I was in school and they told me what's the difference. They, what, they asked me what's the difference between a brother and being a dad. And um, I think one of my quote was, okay, the brother question is, you know, how are you doing today? And then the dad question would be like, how you feel about living here? Wow. And it's, it's, it's more so me doubling down and engaging in how you feel and your emotional well-being and as well as your physical well-being because I went through trauma and the fact that he separated from my mother and his parents that that gives you a point on the trauma score the separation of parents yeah. um things like you know um seeing law enforcement that gives you another point uh, being abused verbally or physically, that gives you another point. Being sexual abused gives you another point. And so, but these various different things. See, my score is an eight out of 10. Dude, Dude. <laughs> and so the, the issue is you get over a three and you not only, you just blasted past three, right? Yes, yes. So at my score, I am 1,200 times more likely to commit suicide than the average person. Jesus. That's the, importance, um, that's the importance of fathers, isn't it? Yes, that's the importance of fathers and just, just the knowledge uh, and kind of knowing yourself as well. You know, we've got a, uh, we're doing a special, it comes up Father's Day this year, uh, using The Boy Crisis, a book by Warren Farrell. And uh, of course, you know, a number of things from the Bible and uh, practical application from counselors. But fatherhood seems to be one of the core issues in our culture. Do you find that? I mean, when you start telling your story, do you have people come back to you with, oh, yeah, well, this is what happened to me. There, there must be it must open uh, up quite a bit. Yes, yes. Because um, I learned through self-disclosure 
people become close. So mm-hmm. um, I typically try to build relationships with the people that I talk to. So I, I tell a lot about myself and which in turn tends to make people want to open up about their things because if a lot of people just don't want to be alone. So before we go into a lot of trauma, we want to know someone will be there and be like, Hey, I know what you've been through. Yeah. Cause it's, it's hard to kind of just tell all your stories and tell all the things that you've been through with someone that you don't feel that you don't feel understands that because it, it feels like a disconnect. It's like, well, you, you don't, you don't know my struggle mm-hmm. and it's hard for me to kind of just open up because at the same time, I'm telling you about my pain. I'm telling you why I'm vulnerable at um, and vulnerability is not seen as a, a masculine trait in the world we live in today, but it's probably the most masculine thing you can do. Yeah. I, you know, you're so right, man, because that's, uh, we were talking about that the other day, me and a couple of friends of mine, some guys, we were talking about Jesus and, and his disciples and the things that they shared with each other. And, um, somebody, we, we got to talking about community brotherhood. Yes. And the phrase that came out of, you know, I would like to say it was mine. I think it hmm. kind of, we all came up with it was um, the matrix of community is vulnerability. Out of vulnerability yes. comes community and brotherhood. Yes. And uh, that's where you got to ask a guy, how are you doing? And he says, I'm good. And then you say, no, really, how are you doing? Right? Yes. You know, and one of the things that uh, just sharing between you and me, uh, one of the things that we've gone through, the father wound is a huge thing for most men at different levels, right? Yes. Because expectation and uh, reality, the difference between expectation and reality is the level of disappointment you have in your life. The expectation of your dad, the reality of how he lived. And then, and then as we get older, we kind of begin to realize, wow, there were these other things, you know, pressuring him. Yes. So but no, no, but uh, we're sorry to cut you off. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think many of us recognize that Yeah. because in, in order for that, because the world we live in today, a, a great majority of us are surviving and not living. Yeah. And if we're, if we're, if we're just surviving, it's hard to reflect when you're yeah. when you're surviving, when you're worried about tomorrow, um, and then if you if it's if it's hard to reflect, then a lot of us don't get to a point where we could take into account mm. our parents' perspective. Wow! Because a lot of us a lot of us don't know our parents' story. We haven't delved in deep enough because we're the expectation is always for our parents to come to us and ask us how we feel and try yeah. to delve into us deep emotionally. But as it's not until a lot of us can get older to even understand it, to ask our parents, Hey, mm-hmm. like, you know, how was your life coming up? Like, yeah. what was your childhood? Like, you know, how was your dad and how was your mom? And so based on these particular things, you can ask yourself the question like, okay, well, why there's a reason my mom treats me the way that she treats me. It's not always the drugs, but this is probably how she was raised. This is what she knows to be right. And um, a lot of the times it's it's to unlearn something. It's three times as hard as learning. I mean, maybe 10 times as hard as learning. Because especially once you get to a certain age and by the time you're a grown up and you become a parent, by the time you're grown up and you become a parent, then you you begin to um, find out these things, these yeah. things that you don't 
you don't know coming up because you you haven't had that experience. Yeah. But, but you gain it and then you realize that hey, I'm I'm a little different. You know, one of the things that we help men do, uh, Ray Ray, is we we take them through a a process of forgiving their dads. I've had guys actually write letters and take it to their dad's graveside saying, I forgive you. Because the power of forgiveness, you know, when we think about uh, and from our background in faith in Christ, you know, we think about his forgiveness on the cross. It opened up heaven to us, right? So forgiveness always opens, unforgiveness closes. So the thing that, that we've uh, helped men walk through is that process of, Dad, I forgive you. I totally, absolutely forgive you. And here's the other thing it does. It's fascinating. Proverbs 4 says that what you hold in your heart is what you become. We define men based on their hands. What you've been talking about is how we define men based on their heart, character. Mm-hmm. What you, but what you keep in your heart is what you become, because what's in your heart is what you're going to become. That's why some of the issues of addiction or uh, pornography or some of the other things, when men keep things like that in their heart, try to keep it secret, they end up acting out of their heart. And, uh, and forgiving our dads releases that from our heart. And that has been probably... I would say of all the things we do in our discipleship, training, mentoring of men, that's probably one of the key things we've ever done, Ray Ray, is for men to forgive their dad and, and if you will, release it from their lives. So I think this is a, a great picture of what we need to do on that. And where's Faymar now, man? Faymar lives in South Carolina. I'm actually trying to get him to move back to Atlanta now. <laughs> I got some stuff I'm trying to do with him that I want him to be a part of, and him being up there is a little difficult. Yeah, I know we I know we moved through Zoom now. It's different. Yeah, yeah, it's not the same. Hey, uh, tell me about your foundation. Yes, uh, my foundation. Well, I'm in the beginning stages of it. My thought process is that it'll be a coordinated effort to to help individuals and families like myself. Um, I'm looking to do inpatient, whereas I basically adopt families. And we 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 start with, because I have a background in behavior health and mental right. health, so do like a psychosocial and kind of work just like you would get a kid and you'll do a pretest and to see where they're at before you put them in a grade level. Similar to that is it's one of the things you come in and we'll assess you just regularly and and figure out what your A score is, just something simple. And, you know, to try to figure out your, your childhood traumas and where you fall short and see if we can pick up the slack for you. Now, you, a lot of people, yeah, you actually had, uh, you ended up out in Los Angeles actually doing some of that, helping people. Yes. Uh, I, I worked in a homeless outreach program uh, right. called Hopix mm-hmm. as a family uh, crisis specialist. Wow. It's incredible, man. I, you know, you would never wish in that sense, anything like your upbringing on anyone and all your siblings, brothers and sisters, you know, Famar. And yet you can see the hand of God putting you in a place where you're going to help thousands of people, I believe in the years ahead. And uh, so I, I just want to mention again, and the foundation is Ray Ray Safety Foundation. Ray Ray Safety Net. Safety Net. Is the 
That makes yes. sense. Yes, uh, it's the website and Safety Net Foundation is the name, yes. Yeah, so it's a rayraysafetynet.com. And so I just want to encourage people to get a hold of it, uh, get a hold of the movie, watch it, and then go look up your stuff, you know, and get involved. And even if it's just encouragement or if you can throw uh, some finances that way, whatever it takes. Well, I'm looking to put together a network of individuals. And And then people that are into doing that and you end up with a network. Yep. Yes. So I want everybody to come with me. And we'll do it all together because um, how I want to do it is that I'll keep you informed about what we're doing together because it's not just me doing something. It's As a group, it might be an email blast like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. And so I want everybody to be a part of it because I, I think because uh, I was raised by a village. So I think it'll take that type of effort. And so I want to incorporate my village and all the people that are willing to come with me and who say when they send me messages that they want to inspire and that they're inspired. So if you feel that way, come with me. Let's, let's continue. Let's continue to do this. The movie is uh, called safety. It's on uh, Disney plus. Uh, let me ask you this a uh, quick question. Then uh, Ray Ray, where, how did faith uh, play in all of this to give you strength? Oh, it was a uh, paramount. Um, as I tell people, there have been many nights I, I, I sat with God and, and me, my coming to God moments is those times where, cause I, I heard a quote where you hear the quote often where, you know, um, God never puts more than you can bear. And it's not necessarily the truth is for, I feel that God puts enough on you that you understand that you, you, you need God. Like there's. <laughs> yes, right. he re- yeah. It's like you're talking about masculinity, man. He didn't lower the bar. He raised the bar. Right. And so it's almost like, um, there have been my coming to God moments as I called them mm-hmm. where I cried. And even now, like I, I've sent donations to people just like, Hey, you know, I told God that night I was crying in the bathroom that if he blessed me, that I'll continue to spread those blessings. And here's that. Here's here's my promise to God that it, here's here's just a, a contribution that I can give. It might not be much, a hundred, a hundred dollars, fifty dollars. Like here's my contribution because I told God if I'm okay, that I'll make sure I'll look out for everybody else. And um that as far as faith is concerned, is uh, paramount. Like um, um my main mentor at Clemson was my pastor. Mm-hmm. a gentleman named Jeff Davis. And as far as life lessons are concerned, I would feel like he taught me a great bit of life lessons on be how to become a man and me seeing a man, I mean, a man of God, nonetheless, um, and how he walked and how he moved and the faith that he had. And then not that he's perfect because he, he will remind me always that I'm not perfect. I, yeah, I've been on this long walk with God. So don't, don't, don't think that you have to be perfect on this walk with God. And there's other things that have happened in my life that like show me that God has a plan for me. And that's how I always move forward. Like God got me. If, cause if, what, what else could there be if God has me, if, 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 if I have faith in Jesus and, and I'm doing well, and even if I'm not doing well, but God got me. So at the worst case scenario, I die. But then even then life is better after that. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily worried about the the day-to-day and i've been hit by a tractor trailer and and things like that where i've been in accidents where i wasn't supposed to make it Mm. and i come out unscathed so it's like 
I know God has a plan for me. And then with everything else that's going on, like how, how can I deny God's plan for me? Like, how can I be like, Oh, nah, I'm uh, it, it, cause I, 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 I tend not to try to take credit for anything. Cause um, I understand the Lord at work in my life. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, that speaks to the phrase I love. I grabbed a hold of a couple of years ago. A uh, guy wrote a book. He said uh, on your worst day, on your worst day, God still loves you with a passion. Yes. And so when Jesus said to pray, he said, pray this way, our father who are in heaven, because he created for us an image of who God is. And uh, Raymond, I want to, uh, I want to just give you props for what you did in some difficult situations to be a dad to your brother, to your, to your sister. And now taking that in the power of the Holy spirit and touching people's lives across the country, man. It's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. I try. <laughs> yeah. God willing, as I would say. I, yeah, God willing. Yeah, God willing. Let me finish it with this is uh, the quote you left in the Esquire magazine that I thought was great. The guy was talking about you, uh, you know, showing up. And now in this interview, I heard something I hadn't heard before about your dad showing up. And uh, he did. And uh, but in it, you you kind of a football expression. Well, it is a football expression. You said uh, it's like this: uh, work on three. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's, that hunt. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's it, man. It's just it takes uh, takes work, and so uh, good for you doing the work, doing the stuff, and Lord blessing everything you're doing. Yes, uh, as I tell people, uh, it's a Will Smith quote, but Will Smith got it from somebody else. Uh, it stuck with me because I heard Will Smith say it. Um, in order for me to be free, I have to be me. Mm. And I have to be comfortable with who God made me to be. Yeah. And, that, and all the things that come along with being a human, all the shortcomings, as well as all the, you know, the triumphs. And so um, I'm happy at where, where I'm at and who I am. So um, I, I have to continue to be free. How old are your children? Oh, I have a son um, who's seven and his brother, which I, you know, I claim as well. Yeah. He's 10. He's 10. Well, that's fantastic, man. Well, Lord bless you in that stuff. And uh, it's great being with you. I've been with uh, uh, Ray Ray McElrath Bay. And um, we just know him as Ray Ray. Ray Moan. And uh, known as Ray Ray from the movie Safety. And uh, Lord bless you, man. And, and our prayer would be that everything you uh, touch would prosper and every place you put your feet would be holy ground and that God would keep you safe within the grip of his grace and his love. God bless you, bro. Amen. Paul, it always amazes me when we're able to take spiritual realities and have practical realities mm. be made in front of us through people, you know, and we can take this story and we can just allow it to go in one ear and out the other, or we can take the story and uh, be challenged and see how we can improve our lives and look at our schedules like you were talking about earlier and see how can we do better about being the man that is there for our family, our friends, our community, our church, our mm -hmm. pastors, our leaders, and leave the impact that God has called us to leave? Yeah, I think of uh, I think of the book Never Quit that that we have a whole series on YouTube, yes. and it's called uh, you can look up Monday Night Men, uh, three words, or uh, Christian Men's Network, uh, all basically all one word. 
yeah. know, the algorithm on YouTube. And that whole series, Never Quit, 13-week series is on there. You can go through that. And I think of Ray Ray is that kind of guy, never quit. It, it's, uh, you know, you pick yourself up with the, with the presence and the power of God. Yes. But you accept responsibility. Yes. And that's what he did. He accepted responsibility. And that, you know, I think also power potential, the life of Joseph. Yeah. Who accepted responsibility for his life and for the people around him, even though he was in dire straits. Yes. And uh, the thing about Ray Ray is, um, you know, he, he, uh, he's humble about it. You know, yeah. he prefers others. And I, I think part of uh, when we talk about the Never Quit series, it really is about um, I am my brother's keeper. Yes. And you need friends and you need brotherhood. You need to be, when we talk about the ministry to men with Christian Men's Network, it's about being with some other men. And uh, there's no place greater that you could be than in a local church. Yeah. And Ray Ray found that what community meant and what it still means to him. Yeah. You know, in terms of church, community, people around him. You know, he's moved. You know, he's, he's had a couple different things that have gone on. And uh, but, man, he just stays after it. Got to. You have to keep pushing forward. And the easiest way to keep pushing forward is when you have somebody that you're locked arms with. Mm -hmm. You know, that person that, man, I really don't want to go to this today. But it's like, nah, bro, we got to go. You know, when you have that person that just pushes you and motivates you to keep on going, it's a game changer, you know. And I love that just, you know, and that's what I love most about sports. Because when you have that guy, like I'll never forget when I was uh, playing high school basketball, me and my friend uh, showed up late to the game and we were down by 20 points, down by 20 points. And we looked at each other when we got to the bench. Our coach was mad that we were late. We were mad we were late. But back then, we didn't drive. So we were at the mercy of our parents. Dude, <laughs> and, uh, really? So we uh, showed up late. But I'll never forget when we our coach finally forgave us and put us in the game. We looked at each other and we said, bro, we're not losing this game. Yeah. And we ended up coming back long story short, and winning by 20 points when we got showed up and we were down by 20 points. Yeah, wow. But that's brotherhood, that firing up, that that one voice of life to say, hey, we're not going to allow mm -hmm. this to happen. And it just sparks something in you to do better, you know, and that's what we and do. And pick the other guys up. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we do. Yeah, I've seen it when teams can get down and, and really sometimes you can see it just takes one guy. Yeah. You know, what's that guy with Portland, Trailblazers? Oh, that Damian guy, Lillard. Yeah. You know, he turns around. Uh, I remember one game he was in. He turned around and he just looked at his guys. You know, he's not emotive. I mean, he hit a game-winning shot. He just turned around and go, "Yep, yep." <laughs> you know, but uh, he turned around, looked at his at the men around him, and he said, "We're not going to lose this game." Yeah. And and it did something in them. And that's the story of Ray Ray. And that's yes. the story that we have to have yes. as men for others. Uh, remember what Chris said at the mid-break, Christian's Network, cmn.men, and then that majoring in men. I got a couple uh, texts this week from guys, well, emails, excuse me, uh, emails from different pastors who had gone through it, and they said, man, this stuff is gold. It has absolutely helped us reform what we do as a church and a ministry to men to disciple men. And uh, so majoringinmen.com. And it used to be a $100 fee, and then a uh, bunch of our partners yeah. in the Gideons 300 stepped in and said, you know, well, we're going to sponsor the whole thing. So the men, so your way is paid. Yes. Now you can get on there for free, but it's it's basically what it means is somebody's paid your way Yeah. Uh, to get on at majoringinmen.com. 
uh, a few thousand churches now across the U.S. that are using materials. Uh, the uh, Maximize Manhood yep. uh, series, uh, Never Quit, what we just talked about, Power Potential, which we're in the middle of on YouTube right now. So uh, these are remarkable things that will help men grow. Yeah, and the reason why our partners stu- stu- took mm-hmm. stepped in and invested was because they believe in you. And they believe in your men and they believe in the ministry yeah. that can come out of it. They're yeah, not seeing results. This. Yeah, they've seen it work. So that's yeah. why it just get involved. You know, you're going to see the fruit. Well, that's it right ministry. there, man. You just yeah. said it. It comes back to fruit. Yeah. You know, is, is there stuff that actually sticks? Yeah. You know, uh, and that's what that's what we're out. We're, out, we're after measurable uh, reproducible. Yes. And then long lasting. Does yes. it stick? The, the guys actually change. And I believe by the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, men change their lives. And that's what we see in Ray Ray. It's what we see in his little brother. Well, his little brother's not so little now. Yeah, he was no. loving at the time. He's, he's older now. But, um, you know, it's it's amazing story to see that, to hear that, and to be a part of that. You know, thank you for being with us today on Brave Men. Uh, for all the tools that you need to disciple men, to minister to men in a local church, or wherever you may be in 134 countries around the world, 18 different languages. Uh, we got all the Spanish materials you need, Portuguese materials, English, uh, Indonesian, uh, go right on down the line. Uh, go to cmn.men, cmn.men. And, um, you know, it is, it is the passion of our heart to see the hearts of men change because we believe every child deserves a loving dad. Yes. So we'll see you next time on Brave Men. Remember, hope is alive. Hope has a name. Hope's name is Jesus. Amen. You've just experienced Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Paul is president of the Christian Men's Network. Connect with Paul at cmn.men or write to him at paul at cmn.men.